What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up. Keep going. Uh, I'm Sydney Goodman. I'm Kate Franklin. And this is a podcast where we explore our, our internet, internet curiosities. Um, that was good. That was that was good. That was better. If I'm on, if I'm transparent with everybody, we already recorded this audio and I made us re-record it. Uh, but it definitely was better. So today I will be talking to you all about something that I'm sure you've wondered about, which is Shenyun, the dance thing. I feel like that's all I knew about it. You've probably seen the posters. It's of this woman who's just like flying through the air with like flowy clothing. Yeah, the. <laughs> And um, you've definitely seen it. Actually, we have a new, oh, one sec. <laughs> we have a new, um, a new situation so that I can show you guys oh my God, cool. what we're looking at. Thank you, thank you. I'm very excited. We're, we're figuring things out as we go. Cute, cute. And then we'll add this guy. Window capture, maybe? Um, Chrome. Isn't this cute? Wow. Like, good for me. I know. Women in STEM. <laughs> I am a woman in STEM. You are. I mean, not anymore, but I was. No, you're in technology. Oh, I guess I am in tech. Well, I was thinking more because I was, uh, I was like a biology, a bio, yeah. yeah. But um, STEM can't get away from me. Okay, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, like you've definitely a hundred percent seen these posters. There's no way that you have not. Um, but we're gonna be talking about Shenyun today, and. I guess we can just get into it. And it's really interesting. I'm not sure when to say this, but I purposely chose this topic because I thought that I knew what it was. And I was really excited because I thought I heard all this stuff about it being a cult and like, wow, so salacious and whatever. And we'll get into it. But I was really surprised by what the actual like findings of it was. And pretty mm -hmm. much all my research came from The Guardian, which I feel is a pretty reputable like news source. Um, it wasn't just Wikipedia or whatever. But the posters are, are everywhere, like I showed you. It's the the Chinese woman in the air. She has a flowy dress. ABC is calling it awe-inspiring. Um, and it usually says something around along the lines of Shenyun, art that connects heaven and earth. I'm going to wow. guess the answer to this, but Kate, have you ever seen Shenyun? Yes. You have? No, I just wanted to surprise oh. you. <laughs> Um, so we are going to talk about what it is, but what do you think it is? I'm curious, like what your guess is. I thought it was like some sort of traditional Chinese dancing. Okay. That's fair. Um, I guess that's like sort of correct, but okay. it's a company based in upstate New York and oh. the actual performance is Chinese traditional dance. It's basically this large cast that performs intricate, synchronized routines to a live orchestra. And so what I have for us today is to watch a small piece of the Shenyun uh, performance. I'm going to skip Ooh. a little bit because I don't want them to blow up my spot and my information. Um, 
I don't know if you can hear it, but I know you can at least see it. Yeah. <laughs> and so like this is kind of what what the deal is with Shenyan. I mean, it looks really pretty. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really screen this, so <laughs> I guess that's enough. <laughs> that's enough of that. Um, but yeah, it's this large cast. My understanding is it kind of feels a little like Cirque de Soleil. Okay. Um, how it's like there's groups of them and they perform certain things. Um, so the company has five separate touring groups. An example of their schedule in one week. Just like brace yourself for this. Philadelphia. Hon this is all in a week. Philadelphia, Honolulu, Charlotte, Kansas City, Huntsville, Alabama, Barcelona, Salzburg, Bremen, Baden-Baden, and Paris. Oh, my God. I don't understand the logistics of this. But again, according to The Guardian, that is kind of their situation. Um, and the article I was reading mentioned how far reaching the influence of this group is going all the way from Kentucky to Columbia. So it's not just... I feel like in Southern California, at least, I see the ads literally everywhere and it feels like it's always in season. Yeah. Um, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's just like, oh, it's here for one night and then we'll see it again next year. It just feels like it's kind of always here. Um, and so knowing that it's five separate touring groups, I guess is helpful. But also I was surprised to learn that it goes all the way to places like Columbia. Yeah. Wow. Um, and an interesting note that the author of the article made is that sometimes it's showcase of Chinese art is to people who maybe have never seen that many Asians all together before, which I thought was like kind of oh. a good point, I guess, is like I had never really thought about that. Yeah. Um, and so this is where it gets really interesting. This is the research that I initially saw, which I think was I saw on like Wikipedia and TikTok. Actually, I think I saw it on TikTok. Oh my gosh, that makes it even more interesting. Saw it on TikTok, a Chinese owned app that says according to the chinese government well they said their sentiments echoed what i'm about to say um so the guardian says according to the chinese government though Shenyan is the singing dancing face of fallen gong which i cannot imagine i'm saying correctly i'm so sorry the government describes fallen gong as an anti-society cult that leads its followers to self-mutilation suicide and murder in a what? 2012, I know, in a 2012 statement, the Chinese embassy in Washington issued a warning to Americans who might have wanted to go to the show. Quote, this quote is from The Guardian, they have been staging the so-called Shenyun performances in the U.S. in recent years in the name of promoting Chinese culture and showcasing the Oriental charm. But in fact, in addition to their tacky taste and low artistic standards, <laughs> the performances were filled with cult messages and implied attacks against the Chinese government. Is this true or is this propaganda? So that's what I think is so interesting is the yeah. rest, basically the rest of what I'm going to talk about is the, uh, the research of the person who wrote this Guardian article, um, mm -hmm. which feels more unbiased than kind of what the Chinese government is spewing. But that's why I thought it was so interesting that my first, the reason why I chose to do this topic was initially because I had heard of Shenyun as being from Falun Gong and being that like cult that is like leading its followers to like oh. murder people and suicide. And I think it's so interesting because TikTok is a Chinese owned and operated company. 
and that that oh. is what I found on TikTok. You know, like kind of like it goes all the way to the top. Goes all the way to the top. So wherever Shenyun goes, the Chinese government pops up too. So in Ecuador, Ireland, Berlin, Stockholm, theaters and local governments have reported getting letters or visits from Chinese embassies in an attempt to shut the shut down the dance show. Um, in February, twenty. Good at it because it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I guess you gotta give it the good college try, right? Yeah, um, it's like we're gonna just try to shut this down, but actually be very bad at it. But there's some cases where they totally weren't. So it says in February 2014, Jörg Seefeld, who's the event manager of the Stage Theater on Potsdamer Platz in uh, Berlin, where a Shenyan performance was scheduled, received a visit from the Chinese Embassy's cultural attache, A-T-T-A-C-H-E. Attache or something? Attache. Sure. Who, quote, tried to influence things. Seafeld mm. refused and the show continued. He said, quote, I am from East Germany with the Chinese. It is like it used to be with our rulers. They are simply scared. Mm. Uh, four Xinyan performances in Seoul were nixed at the last minute after the theater received a letter from the Chinese embassy and a thinly veiled threat. The letter asked the venue, which is controlled by Korea's state-run television station, to, quote, consider the overall picture of the Chinese-Korean relationship and cancel the performances. Oh, my God. Right? Um, the This was pulled from the article that I was reading, and Lemish is um, part of Shenyun. Um, and it says, now Lemish and the troupe of nearly 80 dancers, musicians, and crew were stranded in Seoul. For Lemish, the cancellation was just the latest proof of the global reach of the Chinese government. You don't realize how evil this stuff can be, he told me. Wow, wait. But what is, are you going to get into what the dances are and why they're controversial? Um, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into okay. kind of why the Chinese government is so upset. But I thought it was interesting to set the stage in terms of maybe what you might have heard about Shenyan and like what is being spewed about um, and what it actually is. Again, in like there, everybody has bias, somewhat bias in their reporting, but um, in a more unbiased lens. Okay. So it says Shenyan reports more aggressive action to shut them up. Before their shows at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center in Nashville, the group says the car tires of the show's presenters were slashed. In 2015, in Chicago, someone allegedly tampered with a truck covered in Shenyan ads, pouring corrosive chemicals over the brake and accelerator pads. Oh or God. pedals, sorry. I know. The group says that Chinese spies photograph their movements and listen in on their phone calls. And there's reports of suspicious break-ins where the only items missing are passports and laptops. Damn. Okay. So, like, the Chinese government, they are not if it is down. them, they're not messing around. Which yeah. I thought was just interesting because, like, in my naivety of, you know, living in America and... I guess, like, that just feels so, like fictional yeah you know what i mean like i think of like the depictions in i don't know and like james bond or whatever like it just feels fake and it's weird to remember that it's totally not yeah yeah but at what like at what end is my question yeah i don't know i don't know um but so 
Let's talk about what Falun Gong actually is. Okay. Um, they are some of the most outspoken opponents of the Beijing government. Oh, well, that explains it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> um, the quote from The Guardian says, Shenyang is almost this battlegrounds on which the fight for the hearts and minds of Westerners and overseas Chinese will be won. Uh, so... Since the beginning, obviously, we're, I'm talking about Falun Gong, but we're talking about Shen Yun, which is actually the performance. Um, and so it says, since the beginning, Shen Yun is reported as going out of their way to minimize its connection to Falun Gong. Uh, their origin story on their website reads, quote, they came together with a shared vision and passion to revive the lost world of traditional Chinese culture and share it with everyone. So the real story of Shen, and, Shen Yun is that Falun Gong, I'm going to feel so bad if I'm just butchering the pronunciations of this because i've said both of these words like 50 times since the beginning of this recording it sounds uh, but good to me but oh I'm good no there expert. we go <laughs> if anybody in the chat is chinese and knows chinese pronunciation please let a girl know um but so falun gong is a spiritual movement that emerged out of the Qigong boom in China in the early 90s, which was an explosion of Tai Chi-like practices that claimed to promote health through specific movements and breathing. Um, but it stood out from other forms of Qigong for a few reasons. One, there was this mysterious leader. His name is Li Hongji, Hongji um, who had mapped out an entire spiritual worldview that looked like a religion in addition to setting specific exercises. And then the other th reason it stood out was because by the late 90s, it was super popular with an estimated 70 million practitioners, including high-level members of the Communist Party. Wow. So to the Chinese government, they were pretty concerned to have this like quasi-religious organization outside of the party control that... Um, you know, had tremendous influence and could inspire this like huge number of people. So with that, I'm assuming there was some persecution involved, but I didn't write it down if there was. It says Lee fled China and in 1998 became a permanent resident of the U.S., where he's been based ever since. And in China, the government then started to crack down. Ugh. So April 25th, Wait, what 1990. Year is this? What year is this happening? Uh, so that's in the late 90s. Lee fled in 1998, and then I'm about to talk about some persecution that happened in the 99. Okay, I just need to know what kind of outfits they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the style we're, we're in for my imagination? Okay. No, that's good. That's good. What are you imagining? Um, I'm imagining some light wash jeans, some dad shoes, tucked in polos. All right. So not too far from what was in style maybe two years ago. Well, it's it's cyclical, is it not? It is cyclical. <laughs> it used to be a twenty-year trend cycle, and now it's it's going fast because of was that wait was that definite? Media. That was yeah. Like... It was about twenty years. Every twenty years, things would come back. Oh, I thought I was like onto some big conspiracy that that's a thing, <laughs> but that's a, like a recognized. No, it's thing. like a very studied. Like people have like full jobs in that. Oh, cool. Wait, like I actually trend think I forecasting. did that as a topic. I did that as a topic on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, it's fine. Sorry. It's been a long. It's been a long year. A long year. So the day is April twenty fifth. Mm -hmm. The year nineteen ninety nine. It's two days before my mom's birthday. 
mm-hmm. completely irrelevant to the topic, but that is That's what was going on on April 25th, 1999. I'm in kindergarten. Um, yeah. And at the same time, more than 10,000 Falun Gong practitioners gathered in Beijing to demand an end to government harassment, okay. perhaps more important than the two days before my mother's birthday. <laughs> Uh, it actually something that speaking of things that we talked about on the podcast, this was the largest protest since Tiananmen Square in 89. Oh, wow. Yeah. So big deal. Uh, Chinese government responded with harsh crackdown and outlawed Falun Gong, arrested tens of thousands of people, initiated propaganda campaign warning people about the dangerous cults. Um, Falun Gong became one of the government's most forbidden subjects, along with democracy, Tibet, and Taiwan. Okay. Which is kind of wild to think that this, like, exercise philosophy, I know that that's kind of minimizing the movement, but this, what, this thing that kind of started out as, like, a exercise health and wellness philosophy is now just as taboo as talking about democracy, Tibet, and Taiwan, right? Crazy. Um, so during all of this, let's go back to Lee, which is the starter, the founder, the leader. He disappeared from the public eye for nearly a year and reemerged with a new message. This is while he was in the States. Um, this is according to Andrew Junker, who's a sociologist at Valparaiso, Paraiso, Valparaiso University, who has written a ton about Falun Gong, who says, quote, there was a transition to a religious and millennial millenarian millenarian interpretation a sign that the end of days are here um in a popular interview with time magazine in 99 lee talked about Falun gong followers having the power to levitate and spoke a bunch about extraterrestrial invasion uh so from that article it said since the beginning of the century aliens have begun to invade the human mind and its ideology and culture lee said when the interviewer asked him if he was a human being lee's response was intentionally enigmatic quote you can think of me as a human being what (laughs) (laughs) i felt like that was like important to include because i think that we're talking a lot about like this propaganda about like no it's like totally normal but like clearly there was it's like oh my god i love you know i'm actually gonna write that down that's a good response you think of me as a human being (laughs) wait sorry my brain is on one today who is this again so Lee is the leader and founder okay. of Falun Gong. And Falun Gong But he, is, like, left China. He left China in 98 okay. and okay. became a U.S. citizen or resident, at least. Actually, I think just said resident. A U.S. resident in okay. 99. Or okay. in 98. And now this interview is from 99. And once the persecution in China started against Falun Gong and um, not just started, but that it was actually, like, outlawed to practice it that's when he kind of aligned like changed the mission statement and made it a lot more about um this religious and millennarian interpretation which i'm gonna look up what that word means (laughs) do you know what it means no it says of or relating to a thousand especially to a thousand years Uh, i was gonna say it sounds like millennial yeah so i don't know what that means in the context of how it was used but sure so again with the shift he also reinforced himself as leader 
um, Junker, that sociologist, says he was represented as being in charge of winning the cosmic battle while people were fighting the earthly battle here on the political sphere. So that does sound like a little culty. But we'll get into it. Um, so quoting Junker says, with this change, practitioners who had always been discouraged from concerning themselves with earthly considerations found a way to fold political concerns into their spiritual practice in a strategy known as clarifying truth. That reminds me of, uh, we've talked about Scientology before and that feels kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Same vibe. Yeah, same vibe. But what is it, basically what that means is that in theory, to try to correct the information, their goal was they were trying to correct the misinformation that was emerging from the Chinese government. Um, according to David Ownby, who's a professor at the University of Montreal and author of Falun Gong and the Future of China, the Falun Gong practitioners who came to North America in the early 2000s were not overly political. He describes them as, quote, perfectly patriotic, nationalistic Chinese people who had immigrated for mostly economic reasons, but that because the Chinese government banned the practice, they actually kind of turned all of these apolitical people into activists. Yeah, I mean, and um, and then the practitioners started speaking out and like being really pissed about it. Yeah, that checks so. out to me. Um, and these people even formed media groups like the Epoch Times, Epoch, E P O C H, Times, and New Tang Dynasty Television, which are critical of the Chinese Communist Party and have become key partners in pro democracy movements. At the turn of the century, there were tons of protests outside Chinese consulates and sympathetic articles in mainstream newspapers documenting their persecution. But from The Guardian, I think this is sad, but also just like a true analysis of kind of what ends up happening. Quote, what followed this flurry of media attention was inevitable. Compassion fatigue. The facts on the ground that Falun Gong practitioners have been persecuted, imprisoned, and killed remain as true as ever. But Western sympathies have shifted. As China has grown in power, human rights abuse human rights abuses have become increasingly overlooked. And while Tibetan protesters and pro-democracy activists have generally had the West sympathy, Falun Gong occupies a more ambivalent space. Mm. Okay. Um, they continue on Just saying because despite- it's like kind of woo-woo religious. Probably. Think? I mean, they didn't yeah. really get into it, but I feel like it's like, yeah, you know, when we're talking about it, like this guy is saying like, to you i'm like you'd consider myself a human being or whatever he said yeah. and then he's talking about like clarifying truth um and like how he is winning a cosmic battle and then the people fighting the earthly battle and the political sphere like it is kind of obtuse mm -hmm. um but i don't think that just because you don't agree with with it means that they should be persecuted yeah of course you know and i'm not saying that people think that they should be persecuted but i think that it's like there's so much wrong with the world like there's so much going on and just like unideal things and horrible things happening in the world that i think that it's like if somebody's gonna align their sympathies because you really only have so much energy to give things like that like i think yeah. it's a little bit harder to to garner those sympathies if you're kind of Culty. A little culty, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we said, like, it reminds us of kind of that Scientology, like, ooh, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
So that's so you know, now, now my brain is just kind of been unlocked and thinking like in America, what's the line between like mostly public support for religion and then it being like, ah, that's a cult. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that's like an interesting question because I feel like there's things that are definitively feel like a cult. Well, I think Scientology walks that line. Yeah, that's true. Right? Because oh, I think so some right. people yeah. are like, like, I think it's a cult. It's just like a very popular cult. Yeah. Um, but then there's obviously people who see it as being more benign. But there's people who call out um, Mormonism as a cult. I've that's heard true. that, like that yeah. language before. And I'm sure there's people who talk about it with Christianity. They just don't say it to my like face. <laughs> immoral in like a societal sense. That's when it's like officially like that's a cult. But the gray area is the religions that fall into stuff that is like more on a like a person to person basis, morality wise, right? Wait, explain. What do you so mean? So like, if something is a cult, it's like okay, these people are like being like obviously swindled abused etc like taking like advantage of people as a whole we're like oh that's depth that's a cult like we can kind of say that as a society but religions that for some people it's like totally fine and for other people it's like oh no that's like abusive it's like those are the ones that fall into the middle ground right yeah, I think that's a good point because I think that it's like when we were talking about Scientology and if you want to learn more about it, we have an episode that was maybe a month ago now about yeah. Tom Cruise's cruises. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't you want to listen to the episode now? Yeah, um, but I think that something that we learned there is it's like the church ta- ends up taking like a ton of money yeah. from people in the cult or even love is one is another cult that we've i guess we've talked about quite a few cults is another cult that uh we've talked about and that one like kind of ripped people off and was like very abusive and tore them apart from their families and so i don't know very much about mormonism but i don't think that they really like i'm sure similar to christianity christianity like they ask for donations for things but it's not really at least the church's and the denominations that I've been part of don't say like, if you give like a hundred dollars, God will love you more. You know what I mean? Like there's not really this like seeking out of like money and kind of like fucking people over. And I don't, I don't know enough about Mormonism to know if that's part of it. To my understanding, I don't think it is. Oh, I don't think it is. Or like Buddhism. I don't think it is either. And so that seems like a clear, like one of the clear distinctions and pillars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it is an interesting thing and it's interesting. I think the other thing with the cult versus not cult or religion is maybe like how many people practice it. That's true. Yeah. But then I guess Scientology is really big. So maybe not. Yeah. There can be huge. Yeah. Like huge cults. I don't know if that's it. Hmm. I think think just more if you can get away with more. Yeah. In society's eyes. Because I think Scientology gets away with a lot. It's true. Because they're part of the media. Listen. Not to get crazy. I'm going to sound crazy. I'm going to sound like my dad. My dad's oh. not crazy, though. He's just so skeptical of everything. He always says, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. 
Okay. And like a quarter of Wait, what you read. I don't know. There's like a lot of fractions in it. Okay. Um, but I think just realizing like how much the the older that I've gotten and especially in the last like year or so, realizing how much the media like pulls strings mm-hmm. and inf- like has influence over people oh, is yeah. very interesting to me. Um, because I think that I don't know why I mean probably because my dad is that way, but like it's very easy to like take everything that you see out there as for face value and that it's like even maybe altruistic. I think a great example is like the 24 hour news cycle and the people who like watch a lot of news and it's like, oh, well they're reporting on the news so that like we're informed and like they're reporting on the news because like they're doing their job and it's this like public service. Or even if you don't look at it as altruistic, you think of it like, well, it's keeping me informed, but it's like the stories that are being chosen to be on the news are things that, it's not about keeping you informed. It's actually about like ratings and how like the yeah. retention and like how, what do people watch because they're scared and that like people's fear plays a lot into like how many people are tuning in. And like, there's so many other things that are at play that really keeping you informed and like doing you this favor because they want society to be really informed is like at the end of the priority list it's so much about like this is entertainment and this is media and there's money to be made and that that's like the real driving force behind a lot of these decisions and i think the older i've gotten i've realized how much money really does like run our society yeah to say the least <laughs> to say yeah to say the least. i mean and also Which... i didn't realize how big of an issue nepotism was gonna be how that feels like I don't know. That feels like the structure of our society is nepotism sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that, like, it's easy to almost assume that... No, totally. Because, I don't know, like, I feel like I've had certain privileges because you... Because, like, my parents knew somebody and they introduced me to somebody who introduced me to somebody else or whatever, right? But... I think I always just, it's easy to assume that everything is like what you know. And so, because like I'm not like a nepotism baby, I just assume that everybody else is like in the same boat as me. Yeah. But it I also don't know. might be, it also might be an LA thing because we both live in Los Angeles. That's true. So, I guess, chat, if you have any. If you've experienced nepotism, let us know. <laughs> and you don't live in Los Angeles. We don't want and you don't live in everyone and anyone in Los Angeles. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it is true. Everybody in LA, everybody's parent is somebody, which is like very weird. Yeah. Every time I see like a person that's young and successful, nine times out of 10, it's like, oh, their dad was like an entertainment lawyer or like something like that. And for people who don't know, because I guess nepotism is something that's very talked about in L.A., um, but nepotism is basically, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Kate, like what the actual definition of it is, is basically like, you know, it's when like your family is already successful and so they just choose other family members to succeed them or um, to like get big opportunities and so like yeah, it's just like uh, favoritism for people that are already in power. That's so much more succinct and yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I did cheat and look it up on my phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's like how everybody in Hollywood's related. 
Yeah. From like directors to producers to writers to like actors, all of it. They all are related. There's this thing um, recently that Steven Spielberg's daughter is making a short film. Did you see this? Uh, She's making a short film. I forget what her name is, but Sean Penn's son is in it. And like all these other like celebrities, children are a part of it. And she got like shit on (laughs) on Twitter for it, which like, okay, I don't know. I'm just I'm not a hate. I that sucks. But also like then sorry, I'm not going to say my opinion, but then wait, why not? Unless you don't want to. No, I I mean, I'm just like, yeah, that's what you have to deal with. Like, you're a public persona, whatever. Um, Yeah. But she got really shit on for it. And then she came out to defend herself and was like, I know that, like, my dad is Steven Spielberg, but I also worked as hard as anyone else to, like, get this opportunity. (laughs) And I was like, shouldn't have said anything, girl. Just like... You know what I mean? It's like well, I feel like recognize try to like defend a because it's like or just say like yeah, I'm really blessed that I have privilege and I can make a film and like exactly like just like make it good. Just recognize kind of like what's going on here, right? But I think yeah, it's like a it's a slippery slope, right? Because on one end, like I can imagine the frustration that it's like. There's plenty of people who are like nepotism babies. Maybe their parent isn't Steven Spielberg, who obviously has like an incredible amount of pull in Hollywood. But there's plenty of people like who I think have relatives in Hollywood who don't have literally any talent. And then it's like they just kind of don't go anywhere because it's like, yeah, you're so-and-so's kid and we gave you a couple chances, but like you're just not really doing anything. Yeah. Um, And so I'm sure that like as a creative, it's probably really frustrating to feel like everyone just overlooks any sort of work or talent like hard work that you've put into like navigating and becoming better at your craft and or um any like inherent talent that you have however i also just don't think it's really a i i understand the urge to want to defend that but i feel like it's like what you're getting out of the equation is kind of more like suck it up for lack yeah, of better like, words then just do the hard work and then show people that you did hard work i think of a good example yeah. is like sofia coppola like her dad is like one of the most famous directors but she yeah. kind of just like she just makes her movies and she it, is a pretty good director and just kind of does her thing and she just like doesn't draw attention to it it's like obviously yes. she got her start because her dad is francis ford coppola but she also is like talented and she works hard. And so it's like, okay, you do your thing. I just don't like it when they're like, I know, but also like I am like, you know what I mean? It's like, just leave it. Just, just let it go. Just let it go. Anyways, I don't yeah, know. No, we went on I'm this with you on that. I don't remember how we got here, <laughs> but um, back to Shenyun. So Lee, um, who again is, is it Lee or Lai? L-I? What would you guess? Lee no I don't know I <laughs> we'll just stick with Lee but okay. no it's spelled L-I okay. so Lee um who again is the leader of Fen Fa- <laughs> <laughs> Falun Gong 
uh, speaks again and again about his desire to change the world in China, in particular through the power of Shen Yun. So they kind of see Shen Yun as this like device uh, to to help with the persecution that Falun Gong um, is under. So when asked about the group's origins, he said there was a group of Dafa disciples involved in the arts who wished to use their professional skills to expose the persecution and save sentient sentient beings. According to Lee, these early performances weren't very good. It distressed him to see his spiritual practice represented by such mediocre art. <laughs> He's like, this is shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he stepped in. Um, he said, if a dance show was going to save people, it would need to be a top-notch dance show. Um, afterwards, he thought, I'll lead them in doing this. And that was how Shen Yun was first established. Okay. Yeah. So are, wait, are they like is the religion or whatever this is? Are they dance focused or it's just like was a manifestation? So it is dance focused, um, but it sounds like it's kind of like a like it's like musical theater. So there's like story involved, and I think the stories and like what kind of like uh like Cirque de Soleil. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How there's, like, kind of a story, but it's, like, not really, but, like, yes. I mean, in the overall religious or political group or whatever we're calling them. Wait, sorry. So what's your question? My question is, is the the overall group, I forget what they're called. Uh, Falun Gong? Are they, like, is dance a big part of that? Or is this just a manifestation I think it's a, I, I, it sounds like a little bit of both because okay. it is a movement that like came out of, think of like feng shui or not feng shui of, um, Tai Chi, Tai Chi, uh -huh. how Tai Chi is like movement based. Um, it, it is a movement like adjacent to that, but I don't think it's like be a professional dancer is like a requirement of being a practitioner of Falun Gong. Oh, I see. Okay. That was my question. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So the performers are trained at the Fai Chan Fai Tian Academy in Deer Park, New York, that was built as a refuge for Falun Gong followers fleeing persecution. Uh, the company is a mix of professionals and full-time students who, who perform unpaid. I'd like to just go back to that crazy schedule we talked about earlier. They perform unpaid. Um, one former dancer said it was exhausting, four-month tours, worked long hours, studying in the morning before performing at night, then packing up and going to the next city. He wasn't a member of Falun Gong, but he said he felt sharing their message felt like an important act of political activism. Wait, they're not paid at all? It's like volunteer. But how... Isn't that illegal? <laughs> if they're New York-based, like, you have to pay your employees. I don't think they're employees. They're volunteers. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I have a gripe with the volunteer clause and whatever, <laughs> and wherever that is in our laws. <laughs> but I just, I thought it was interesting because I think that like, there's this message a lot of the times that it's like, whatever tools you have, like you can use to help people right and yeah. so it's like you wouldn't think of dance as being like this form of political activism but like yeah. it is 
Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just, I have volunteered before. <laughs> That's not what my gripe is. My gripe is that you can just say anything is volunteering when it's like literally a full-time job. Well, that's like internships. Like, why would you do any labor and not get paid? And it's like, I know. <laughs> I love that you felt the need to defend yourself. Because <laughs> I'm going on about nepotism, so I need to walk the walk here. <laughs> Um, so I thought this was also very interesting. In each city Shenyan visits, shows are presented by the local Falun Gong Association, which means that local Falun Gong followers, sorry, did I say Falun Gong? I meant Falun Gong the first time. But so in each city Shenyan visits, the shows are presented by the local Falun Gong Association, which means the local Falun Gong followers fundraise for it provide the publicity etc etc so it's literally these things that are one i think that that speaks to like how many falun gong like practitioners are everywhere like it's obviously very widespread if it's going to all of these places and we've talked we talked a lot about the publicity we talked a lot about how you see the posters everywhere and um that this is like it's all grassroots that makes a lot of sense to me though because especially if it's spiritual related that shows kind of the zealousness in which (laughs) that picture is plastered everywhere (laughs) just to just to go back for those who uh, need a refresher (laughs) it's like that's why but yeah that totally checks out to me if it's like kind of religious that kind of like i don't know it made me feel sort of bad in a weird way, because I feel like I always saw those posters, and not that I made fun of it necessarily, but it was kind of just like, ah. Well, it was like an inner. It was literally like an internet meme. Yeah, and like to realize that it's actually just like all these people who maybe not all the practitioners in America are refugee, like people who fled China for practicing, but it's these people who like this practice is completely outlawed in China. They're being persecuted. Their shows are being compromised because the Chinese government is sending like these thinly veiled threats to other countries about letting them actually perform these things. And then realizing that everybody who is performing is a, un, is unpaid um, and that the shows themselves are being put on by, by the local practitioner. Like that oh, to me God, just honestly, like- so beautiful. It really made my heart go out to them and just, I yeah. felt really like, shoot, I should go to one. Like, I want to support, you know? Yeah. No, totally. I'm like going to cry. I know. Well, and just that it's like this like really powerful stance of like, so of Activision, Activision, of activism and um, kind of standing up and saying like, we're trying to be silenced, but like, we're going to tell whatever story they're telling during this that's pissing off the Chinese government. Um, anyways, and to I think that it's just... Dance. Really, like, it sounds yeah. really, like, corny, but it's, like, really touching. And I think that it's it's not talked about enough. Like, why aren't people talking about this? <laughs> we need to talk about... <laughs> about Shen Yang. Shen Yang. Everybody needs to go. Okay, um, let's all go. Let's all go. We'll do a little field trip. But so the final like TLDR as put by the Guardian, 
this is all a quote from the article, says, what emerges from a decade's worth of Lee's speeches is a strange story. A massive dance company led by a messianic figure who is both communicates with celestial beings on a higher plane and takes care of local marketing. It is as if the Dalai Lama spent his spare time producing Gilbert and Sullivan revivals. Shen Yun is not a mere dance performance, but a chance to save the world's sentient, sentient creatures and dissolve evil for followers then the success of shen yun is frightened freighted with significance the fall of the corrupt communists the salvation of family members left behind in china and the spiritual fate of the world all tied together and dependent on the dance performance of groups of life 20 somethings on stages across the world wow oh my god so that's shen yun so everyone should go Everyone should go. Visit your local performance. <laughs> Are they in like big, they're in like big places, aren't they? I think so. Let's see. I don't know if they're back from COVID, but Shenyun performances. I feel like they were at like the South Coast Performing Arts Center. Oh, that checks out to me. Like that size, which feels like slightly above local. Wait, okay, South Coast Revatar is huge. Or South Coast, what is it called? That theater? Performing Arts Center, yeah. I saw cats The ticket, Lincoln, they played at Lincoln Center. Shit. Oh my god. I don't know. Right? How much are the tickets? That's what, I don't know why this, it, I'm trying to be all fancy and I don't know why this looks the way that it does. <laughs> Please work. Why are you so big? <laughs> Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so this is the, these are all the people who went to go see Shen Young. Kennedy Center. Wow. Wow, Four Seasons Center, Toronto. There's some empty seats there. But they have like an orchestra and stuff. In Par this place in Paris. Looks like a ton of people. Okay. This place in Rome. The Sydney Lyric Theater, not the Sydney Opera Theater or Opera House, but sure, we'll take that. Dolby Theater in Hollywood. That's what the Oscars are. The Graz Opera Ooh, in Austria. I know. Here's in Tokyo, the Bunkyo Civic Hall. And then back to Lincoln Center. But I love how one million audience members each season. Wow. Kate Blanchett, Academy Award-winning actress, says exquisitely beautiful, an extraordinary experience for us and the children. Uh, I like that they, how they put her above all of these, like, <laughs> the former minister of culture of the Czech Republic <laughs> says there is a massive power in this that can embrace the world. It brings great hope. It is tr truly a touch of heaven. Who, are, okay. who else? All of these other random people. Um, okay, wait. Let's see how expensive the tickets are. Escondido, Costa Mesa. Oh, see the Sergstrom Center of the Arts. Yeah, it's I can't scroll up. Sergstrom. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Fresno, Vegas, Thousand Oaks. Let's oh my see. God. Wait, they they have like a lot of performances. They're performing December thirtieth, thirty first, January first, January first. Oh my God, 1st. they're so expensive. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Oh, here's the prices. Oh my gosh, two hundred dollars. Is the most expensive. I mean, 80, 80 bucks, eighty five dollars. That know, feels. How much are live performances these days? I don't even know. Uh, I guess that. I guess we can go to Ticketmaster. 
we're just gonna price compare. What's like a like? I'm thinking like a Broadway play. Those are expensive, actually. It's like a Broadway. Bucks. Should I just want Broadway? Or maybe I can put like broad. How expensive? How much is a Broadway play? Broadway.com. Okay, eighty-nine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Eighty-nine, seventy-five. Moulin Rouge. Oh my god, I'm Moulin Rouge the musical. <gasps> At um. In New York over Thanksgiving. In New York. Yeah. What? I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. Okay, so like some things are more expensive than others. Wait, where are these tickets at? I like want to go to all these shows. Right? I want to see Chicago. Dear Evan Hansen. Oh my god, my favorite musical. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean like, I don't know. That that is kind of expensive, but you're like helping a good cause. Yeah. I wonder I guess... if it can be wrote written off on um oh wait what the heck i was correct i thought it was a sorry i'm an i'm gonna announce like a, a correction so earlier i said in each city shenyan visits shows are presented by the local Falun gong association and i thought that i mispronounced it because i had a typo but it actually says it's presented by the u.s southwestern Falun dafa association okay. which i'm not sure Oh, which is just like another word for Falun Gong. Okay. Um, but it does say the dress code is business attire or evening wear. Wow. Which I appreciate. Like, let's go. Yeah. It says, oh my gosh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, this is because of COVID. It says, please arrive at least one hour in advance. Performances start right on time. It's, it is one whole experience and you won't want to miss the opening piece. It employs CGI special effects, atmospheric effects, and sound effects, and is visually, I don't even know how to say this word, aural, orally, orally? orally? I think it's saying like the, the aura, like the essence, um, an emotionally immersive experience. Okay, I'm fully on board with this now, because now I'm thinking I really about, want to go. Like, I mean, just as like a thought experiment too, like, I think art is really powerful and spiritual and so i agree like hell yeah like you it's like a whole movement to support this art form yeah no i agree I it. it also says loud cheering or whistling can be distracting to both performers and other audience members but applause is always appreciated <laughs> Wow. It's an event. Wait, this is cute. They have this little pullout that says it's an event worth dressing up for. I know you guys can't really see it because I can't scroll any further up, but it says, um, oh, wait, I'm a dingus. What if we just did this instead? Sorry, oh. we're, oh, we're yeah. dealing with some, some tech stuff. <laughs> Don't mind me. This is kind of cute. I, I don't know why. I mean, maybe they do this for every, like, that's so cute. Event? It's like a fashion. There's no. But I love places that encourage people to dress up because we don't like. We don't do it enough. Yeah, I think it's a lost art. Enough. Yeah, I totally agree. What to wear? Please wear evening or business attire to the event. It can be a tuxedo or evening gown or a dress or jacket and tie. Shenyun is a high-end event attended by regular theater goers. Please consider other audience members as well as the artists in selecting your level of attire. <laughs> like no slobs. 
Um, entirely nonprofit and independent of the Chinese state, Shen Yun enjoys the artistic freedom of New York, enabling us to bring our performances to the stage. Read more about Shen Yun's story on the challenges we face section of our site. Wow. For an insider look, watch video clips and learn about the artists. I'm like, honestly, I'm so, I'm, I'm sold. I'm yeah. all in on this. Yeah. Get your uh, somebody, tickets now. Yeah, get your tickets now. Um, somebody noted that orally is an auditory thing yeah didn't you oh. say that it is auditory no i kind of thought it was more like an aura like it's like since this is like spiritual oh <laughs> um so chat is saying look up the controversy about falun gong dragon springs before we buy tickets isn't that what the we heard at the beginning um well, secretive Falun Gong compound oh, yikes. in New York that's home to a cult. Come on, insider. It's home to a cult. A cult. A cult. Cult education. So, okay, this is so interesting, you guys, though, because this is exactly what I was talking about originally, which was that I thought that Falun Gong was a cult, but actually that is propaganda that is being perpetuated by the Chinese government because they are an anti-communist, like anti-Chinese government organization. So this is interesting. Yeah. Wow. That is like planted in in this stuff it says surrounded oh this is from the business insider article that we tried to click into but i don't subscribe for a dollar because i'm a cheapskate uh so somebody copied and pasted it into this culteducation.com website <laughs> it says surrounded by forests and guarded by armed security dragon springs is a refuge for persecuted falun gong practitioners few outsiders are permitted inside about 100 people are said to be living in a 400 acre property in upstate new york so this is what we were talking about um says it's meant to be a mecca for the estimated tens of millions of Falun Gong followers, members of a religious and political group persecuted in China, which calls the group a cult. Inside Dragon Springs, according to sources who spoke to NBC News, internet access is restricted, medicine is barely used, and relationships are often arranged. David Ownby, hey, we talked about David Ownby, interesting, or before, who's a history professor at the University of Montreal who studied Falun Gong, also calls it a cult and says it exists because of China's efforts to keep traditional religions week for years nearby towns like deer park have been trying to reign in the compound but falun gong leaders want to expand it even more it wants to build a 920 seat music hall a new parking garage a wastewater treatment plant and turn a meditation hall into a residence hall if allowed the compound would go from housing 100 people to 500 um says Falun Gong is a system that combines Buddhism, mysticism, and exercise, but it also touches on aliens and ethnic separation. Mm -hmm. um, in 1999, communists, China's Communist Party officially classified it as an illegal cult, and since then its followers have been persecuted. Um, there have been reports the followers' organs are being harvested, but in Dragon... That's like a random fact. I would like more information, yeah, please. Like you're just going to throw that at the end of the paragraph and not really go... <laughs> It does say, but in Dragon Springs, they can live safely. So are their organs oh, wait, being harvested? I think that's badly written. I think what they're saying is that because they're persecuted, sometimes the followers' organs are harvested. That's how I was reading it after I okay. read the second yeah. the second sentence. Um, 
Well, I think that, okay, keeping an open mind, I will say I do have some bias here because I want, I don't, you know, I don't know what the religious practices are, but I do feel like they're like standing up for themselves against the Chinese government and I can like get behind that. Um, but I, I do, I think that it's just like, yeah, you know, we don't practice arranged marriages, um, Western medicine uses a lot of intervention medicine. I will say I am a practitioner or I'm not a practitioner, but I seek out traditional Chinese medicine and those are that those are my doctors. Um, so that's something that like resonates with me and I don't think is necessarily specific to being in a cult. Um, I think internet access being restricted is, you know, a little interesting in 2021. Um, but as far as arranged marriages, well, I, I think I think there's I was gonna say unfortunately, but you know, I don't really understand where they're coming from with it, but there are several, um, you know, several places where arranged marriages are still very widely practiced. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe that's great for them. <laughs> then they like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I am with the, I'm usually like, oh no, that's really bad, but it's a big lonely world out there. Maybe it's nice for people to have an arranged marriage. Well, and I guess when you think about like, cause a lot of times arranged marriages, my understanding of them at least are less about like controlling a person and saying like, you need to marry this person because I say so. And more because they are socio economic, like they're a way to climb the socioeconomic kind of stratas. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, they see marriage as being more, um, strategic than love-based actually i was reading this book and it was talking about i don't remember what year it was but like our generation and like our parents generation are like some of the first generations that are marrying based on love and feelings rather than um for like strategic reasons yeah which is interesting um and then this actually has a little thing that says uh According to the to the New Yorker's Gia Tolentino, it's quote essentially religious political propaganda. Huh? I think she's but, talking about the schools that they have. Oh, okay. The schools are. Oh, no, it's an organization. Religious political propaganda. I mean, I guess it can still be propaganda, even if it's propaganda against the Chinese government. Um, but really, why I wanted to get here, bless you, Excuse is me. because it says in 2016 it had about 75 million worth of assets and brought in 22 million dollars in revenue. Then why can't you pay the dancers? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, come on. They better get like free food. Like, they better not have any living expenses, right? I, I think that I remember in the Guardian article, it was saying something about here. I didn't write it down because I didn't know that if it was relevant, but let me, in the Guardian article, I think the guy says something because he interviews the person. I also should just give credit to the person who wrote this, Nicholas Hoon Brown. Um, he interviewed one of the dancers who wanted to rena remain anonymous, who said, Oh, right here. It says, though he isn't a member of Falun Gong, he says sharing their message felt like an important act of political activism. I felt like it was for a good cause. Sometimes you volunteer and they'll make you pay for everything. Here they were nice enough to cover expenses. So it sounds like their expenses are covered. Okay. Well, 
Um, so that's Falun Gong. I think that this is an interesting conversation as well to have because like it's not super black and white. Yeah. Which I feel like we kind of talked about earlier when they were talking about that like sympathy fatigue. But it's like not super black and white. And Falun Gong isn't this like perfect organization that's just like helping all these people out. Like they kind of have some like weird culty aspects. Um, but I don't think that that dissolves them from being wrongly persecuted. Like, I don't think that that makes it bad. I don't know. It's just interesting because, like, reading the cult information article that we were just reading that I felt like was a little bit more like, hey, this is a cult and it's really weird. Um, I found myself, like, wanting to defend Falun Gong. And I think that it's just, like, important to remember that there is a gray area and things aren't just super black and white. Like, it's not just, like, oh, because the Chinese government is against this organization, that means this organization is, like, perfect and blameless. Yeah, Um, of course. You know, but I find myself wanting it to be that black and white. Yeah. Yeah. So So that is Shenyan. Most organizations are corrupt, but I'm also... A conspiracy theory as well. <laughs> kind of too, right? I was talking to a friend. We were um, we met in person for this meeting, and he was talking about. And I like really respect him. I think he's like super intelligent, and whatever, right? Because I feel like sometimes you have friends, and you're just like, okay, say whatever you will, but like, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, but no, I think this guy's like super intelligent. I really respect his opinion. Um, but he was talking about how he thinks that like he doesn't believe in conspiracy theories. He thinks they're like fun things to like fun thought exercises. But at the end of the day, like it like you're kind of dumb for lack of better words if you believe in conspiracy theories and not that we got into it into it because i backed down because i don't know that well but i was kind of just like i don't know i think that there's conspiracy going back to the idea that like there's so much propaganda out there and our media is all propaganda and like everything's propaganda to make people money i just feel like i don't know i just i don't on one end i don't think that our government our government is such a mess that I don't think that they could possibly manage to orchestrate a conspiracy theory and keep it under wraps. But at the same time, I also don't believe that like they tell us everything and that we know everything. And I think that we're like, for the most part, a lot of people are just kind of like sheep and yeah. Well, that so is he just like, everything is fine. And what they say it is all the time because it's like, yeah, I don't agree that like, like, I don't believe that, like, aliens are, like, pulling the strings behind the scenes. But it's, like, I feel like conspiracy can be, is, like, a very broad, like, it can it can be little things and big things, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. I just feel like you can't say it, like, definitively. Because it's, like, there's probably conspiracies in, like, small town, like, meeting halls. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um... So, I don't know, but uh, this has been another episode Wow! of Shut Up. Keep going. Hope you guys enjoyed learning about Shen Yun. I like, forgot we were recording. I was just like chatting with you. <laughs> That's how casual and um, fun this podcast is. So casual and chill. We're all, just, we all just get along. We do get along really well, though. That's probably why we've stayed friends. It's true. It um, truly is true. Well, thank you uh, for sharing. You are so welcome. Don't forget, everyone, new episodes every Friday. If you want to watch us record this live, you can check it out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash SidSoGood. It's on my personal Twitch channel. We didn't want to start a new one. That sounded like a pain in the ass. Uh, so we're just doing it on my channel. And then um, you can check it out on, check out the VODs on YouTube, youtube.com slash shutupkeepgoing. And we still have our image guide 
which is shut up, keep going, all one word over on Instagram. Great. Cool. We'll see you all next week.